0: Man, last weekend was awesome, and if you're a guest or a visitor here for the first time, last Sunday we celebrated our two-year anniversary, and it was really cool to come together, Um, and we're thankful to be kind of in our new home, and uh, we witnessed God do a lot of really awesome stuff here at the Lions Hall. I know people that came forward right over here to accept Jesus, and I know of multiple people, we had this tank over here, multiple people were baptized here, and so we celebrate that this is the season that God has us in. And last Sunday, we looked back at the last two years. And we told stories of, of what God has done over the last two years. And we celebrated that. But God did a lot of really amazing things starting this past week, and in particular last Sunday. Now, most of you wouldn't be aware of this, but last Sunday, two people that came to Coastal accepted Jesus for the very first time. Yeah. And we celebrate that because the moment people accept Jesus. The moment you accept Jesus, God forgives you for everything you've ever done wrong. He adopts you into his family, and he places his very presence inside of you. I think that is amazing, okay? And that, that's, what, that's why I get so fired up when people accept Jesus, because not just because they pray to prayer and invite Jesus to come in, because something remarkable happens the moment someone receives Christ. And so we celebrate that. And last Sunday, South Church actually launched and they had like 86 people at their service, which is awesome. Praise God for that. I actually went down there and snooped around and checked things out here this morning. I drove down to Yarmouth and had a, had a, went and chat with one of my buddies and then, and then checked it out and went and checked out South Church. And I was so encouraged to hear Tom share and preach. And, um, and see what God's doing there at the campus. And uh, sometime if you get a chance to go down, check it out. I encourage you to go check it out. That would be a real encouragement uh, to Tom and his group. And so it's Sunday mornings at 11 at So Centennial School. And so it was am- amazing to see another gospel outpost that see us, you know, have that vision of taking Jesus in every community of Salas Nova, seeing another step fulfilled. You know, we're not just interested in having a vision statement. doesn't mean nothing. We actually want to go after it. And so I'm thankful for that. And... Last week at both of our campuses, we took up a Love Week slash vision offering to go into Love Week, which is going to happen in a few weeks, and to go into our vision. Um, and so kind of uh, towards both campuses and things like Wells that we've been raising money on, so on and so forth. And like I was, you know, praying that the Lord would provide a certain amount, um, you know, and um, God has a way of blowing our hopes and dreams and feeble prayers sometimes out of the water. Um, because across both campuses at Coastal and Yarmouth Wesleyan Church, um, you guys want to know how much it is? Well yeah. oh, I could just preach the rest of the sermon, I guess. I won't tell you. No, I'm just joking. I'll tell you. Um, um, the Lord provided, through the obedience of both churches, $87,000. Yeah. I know it's hard to believe, but I listened to AJ preach that this morning, and I was like, I was like, I was driving on my way to Soul Church. I was, like, Ooh! I was like, I was like, it's crazy that, like, God provided that much. And so, praise God for how He provides and for the stuff that He did in the last week. I mean, two people got saved. We launched another campus, and God provided $87,000 that we can invest back into Southwest Nova and continue to take Jesus into every community. Can I get a praise God and amen or something? Man. I was just thinking up here in the front row. Now, now there's this tension with there's this tension with church because like I'm so fired up and passionate about Jesus. But I don't want my passion or my or my excitement for someone that's a guest or visitor it can kind of be like, man, why are they getting so excited? Why are they raising hands? There's this tension to kind of ride because you don't want people to be weirded out. And so that's a real thing. And you want to be conscious of that. But then there's the other side of it where sometimes we get so fired up about like Like, if I'm watching the Blue Jays game, man, like, I'm not holding anything back. Vladdy hits a bomb, I'm freaking out. Straight up, right? Well, the same thing is when we win in the kingdom. And that's just more to teach you. If maybe you're new to church, maybe it's your first time and you see us getting fired up and excited. I was fired up during worship tonight, man. I was like, yeah. I was like, you guys might not have heard it, but I was like, I was just fired up because we were declaring this truth and I was feeling like the heaviness lift in the room and I was like, yeah, Jesus, come on, right? Am I alone? Okay. (laughs) But I was just like fired up and I was like, man, we get, I was just thinking in my head, I was like, we get so fired up about hockey or a ball game and we get up and cheer. Like, shouldn't we do that for Jesus too? This side believes it. (laughs) Like seriously. And so I'm like, so just to like educate you and like, we're passionate about Jesus. Not because we're weird. We might be that too. But we're passionate about Jesus because he really changes lives. And that's why we get fired up. That's why we raise our hands. That's why I shout from time to time. Don't want to weird you out, because Jesus is awesome. He's not weird. And I'm just fired up. We're just fired up and unapologetically passionate about him. Amen? And, you know, the Lord has us in a season at our three campuses. And I'm all about going and moving and launching new campuses and seeing more people come to know Jesus. And, and like, going, like, at it like that. Like, that's my heart and that's my passion. And so I tend to preach messages like that. But the Lord actually gave a word to AJ for our three churches. And it was to be rooted and established. And it comes from Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 says this. It says, Therefore, as you received Christ, check that out, Christ needs to be received, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. For whatever reason, the Lord has our three campuses, not in a season necessarily as we launch this new campus, yes, but for this next year, we're in a season of being rooted and established. That sounds kind of boring, but when you're in the midst of a hurricane, you need roots that go down deep. How many remember Hurricane Dorian? I remember driving around after like it went by, and I remember seeing the like utter devastation to some poor trees in our area. <laughs> and the ones that didn't have a very good root system, potentially because we have a lot of rocks around here, just saying, they didn't make it. They got toppled over because they didn't have roots, but the trees with good root systems actually survived. And so... How many know that spiritually and emotionally in our culture right now, it feels like we're in a hurricane, right? The winds are blowing. And we need our roots down deep individually. And as a church, we need to get established. We need to build a sure foundation at Coastal Church, at South Church and at Yarmouth Wesleyan. So that when this storm continues to blow, when it's all done, we'll actually be stronger. So my question for you tonight is, what are you rooted in? What are you putting your roots down in? Are you putting your roots down in Jesus? Or are you putting it in something else? Because I don't want you to put your roots down in Coastal. I don't want you to put your roots down in me. Don't do that. That'd be awful, okay? I want you to put your roots down. Like, I can't tell you how much I want this. Like, I want so bad for every single person in this room to actually have an intimate, daily encounter with Jesus. I don't want it with me, I don't want it with, even with this church. Like, even tonight as you're here, I pray that it wouldn't be my words that's coming out to you, that God would literally be speaking through me to you, so you could have an encounter with Jesus. I want your roots to go down to him. Now, one of the problems, though, is this. So many of us have such a misguided idea of what Jesus is actually like. I mean, we look to culture or the world to explain what God's like, and we get all kinds of messed up views. And and it's interesting because Jesus is quite offensive to the rest of culture, because culture says all these inclusive statements about we should just all believe the same thing or different things and it's all okay. Jesus actually said, nope, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And the Bible says in Acts chapter four that there's no other name by which men can be saved except for Jesus. So Jesus said a very exclusive statement about himself. So the God that is painted in culture is very different than the God that's revealed in scripture. Because the God that's painted in culture is actually not real. And if we wanna know what God's like, the Bible actually tells us clearly. Not only just the Bible, you know who told us clearly what God is actually like? Himself. If we look at John's gospel, Jesus actually described himself seven different times using I am. And so for the next seven weeks, We're going to look at the I am statements in John's gospel, which I am super stoked because I've been reading John's gospel for the last month, and it's so good if you got a chance. In John's gospel, if you're a first-time reader of the Bible, John's gospel is perfect for you. Go ahead, read John's gospel, learn about the person of Jesus. It's amazing, and he will change your life. Now, before we get into the scripture tonight, I have a confession to make. I don't eat well like, actual eat. Like, I don't always eat all that good. Like, my favorite fruit food group is french fries. My wife got me an air fryer for my birthday in January. I'm like, babe, why'd you give me an air fryer? But now that I've experienced it, oh man, there's no turning back. And Usually when I eat, my wife usually makes veggies, cuts up peppers, something like that, and when I'm kind of putting my food on the plate, um, she'll be standing beside me most times, on purpose, I'm sure, and she loads the veggies on there, and I'm like, babe, really? <laughs> it's like last night, we made up a good like, scoff of like, fries and chicken strips, and my wife was like, I made a salad there. You see that? I was like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I was like, I know, babe. So I load the salad on but left to my own devices, I don't eat all that good. Like, I'm all about, like, burgers and pizza and chicken strips and stuff that long-term is not good for your body. Like, that's what I have an appetite for. Am I the only one here tonight? Okay, good. I'm just checking. But I know that we ha- I have an appetite for more things that are just not just food. Like, I have an appetite for comfort. I, like, long to kind of feel comfortable. Like, I'm allergic to negative emotions. I don't like, like, I like feeling warm and fuzzy inside all the time. But the problem with that is that sometimes we have to feel sadness and grief. I don't know if any of you ever seen the movie by Pixar called Inside Out. But in that movie, there's this emotion called sadness. And the girl has to experience sadness to actually properly deal with life. I don't like that. I think dealing with sadness and grief, which is necessary, is actually wasted emotional energy, and I don't want to do that. I just want to feel comfortable and warm and fuzzy inside. And I also like, love entertainment. Now, no one tell me what the score of the baseball games are. I watched them yesterday, and like, I love it. I love just sitting on the couch. And some people can't stand watching baseball. They like, like they'd rather watch paint dry. But I love just chilling on the couch and watching the ball game. It's such a beautiful thing. And so, so I was doing that yesterday and it was just so, it was so good. It was, it was kind of I have an appetite for that. How many of you guys like really like watching Netflix? Okay, it was so funny because like I asked that in the first service and it was like everyone was like quiet, crickets. I was like, it's okay. <laughs> safe place guys, okay, <laughs> you, can, you can like, it's okay, this is church, safe place. We can admit that we like doing something. Now, now, help me understand, like when you watch episode after episode of epi- episode of Netflix, what's that called? Binge-watching. How many of y'all have binge-watched Netflix before? <laughs> See, you guys all get nervous right now, it's like, hey. <laughs> so, so, like we have these appetites for things like that. Now let me ask you a question. How do you feel, like when we talk about the soul, which is something that's talked about a lot in scripture, When talking about the soul, think about the soul as being your mind, your desires, and your emotions. Think about that for a second. So, your soul is like your mind, what you think in your head, your will, so your desire, and your emotions, what you feel on the inside. How does your soul feel after you binge watch on Netflix? How does your mind feel? How does your emotions feel? How does your desires feel? I can almost guarantee you that your soul doesn't feel good. You desire that, but it's actually not healthy for your soul. And I think a lot of us come in tonight and we've been feeding on stuff that we desire, but it's actually not good for us. It's like me eating my chicken strips and fries, right? I love them, but too many of them ain't good for me. And so I think a lot of us, especially, and I want to speak to what's happening in our community the last week, how many of us have like, Read all the posts on Facebook. Let me ask you a question. After you read all those posts, how's your soul feel? How does your mind, your emotions, and your desires feel after you gorge and read all the comments and all the posts and all the opinions and all the attitudes and all the perspectives? How's your soul feel? I think a lot of us have come into the room tonight and our soul is actually quite sick. Because Jesus actually spoke to this too in John chapter six. He talked about us spending our energy on food that spoils. And now, I had a friend of mine drop off some halibut cheeks the other day. And if I let those halibut cheeks sit out for like five or six days on the counter and decide to eat them, what's that gonna do to me? I'm gonna get quite sick, right? Well, because that food spoils. And I think so many of us spend our energy consuming stuff that has actually spoiled food. And what does it do to our soul? It makes us sick. So there's a whole lot of us that come in tonight and we're like, man, we just don't feel so good. And I'm not talking about physically don't feel so good. In your soul, in your mind, in your emotions, and in your desire, and in your spirit, you aren't feeling so hot. And I think it's in large part because we've been consuming, consuming, consuming stuff that ain't good for us. Am I hitting home? And I think Jesus actually promises to actually meet our needs. That's what I love about Christ is he promises to meet our needs. And if you have your Bibles, you can look on the screen. We're gonna look at John chapter six tonight. I love this passage of scripture and some of you guys might know the story when Jesus, it actually a, a happens in all four Gospels, Jesus feeds 5,000 people. And one of the things you'll find in John's Gospel, and the thing I love about Jesus, is Jesus, Jesus didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. And all through John's Gospels, he says a true statement about himself. Like, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, I will raise you up on the last day. But he didn't just say those statements, he actually does a miracle to back up His true statement, so you can actually take his word to the bank. So what does he do in John chapter? Well, we'll come to this passage here in a few weeks from now. But John says, Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And I just raised someone from the dead. So on the last day, I can actually raise you from the dead. And in this passage of scripture, Jesus has just fed five thousand people. And the very next day, what does he say about himself? I am the bread of life. If you take my bread, you'll never be hungry again. And you'll never be thirsty again. And how can we know Jesus? How can we trust that that's actually true? Well, actually yesterday, he says this with utmost humility, yesterday I actually fed 5,000 people. So you can trust my word when I say you'll never be hungry again, and you'll never thirst again. That's what John says here about Jesus in John chapter 6, and I love that. It stirs my heart because I think a lot of us come in here and our souls are just so longing. They're they're like, we're dying of thirst. We are starved to death, our souls are. And we go to so many different other things to try to meet the needs of our soul. And every single time we come up empty. We put an expectation on our spouse, our relationship to try to meet the needs of our soul. And we get frustrated with our spouse or frustrated with our partner. But guess what? We're placing an expectation on them to meet a need that they weren't designed to meet. That only Jesus could meet. Or maybe we work like crazy. We work and we work and we work and we try to earn more money and do this and that and this and that. And we just feel like our soul's just like, we never feel like we have enough. Because work wasn't designed to meet the deepest needs of your soul. Then we twist relationships and we engage with things like pornography. We think that that's gonna meet that need of our soul, but it's an empty pit and we need more and more and more and our souls are never satisfied and our souls get sicker and sicker and sicker. I think a lot of us have really sick souls. But what I love about Jesus is that he doesn't judge us because our souls are sick. He loves us so much that he wades into our brokenness. He loves us and he offers us something that we all need. And you know what it is? It's himself. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you take my bread, if you take me, You'll never hunger again, and you'll never thirst again. See, Jesus in this room tonight invites us to actually feed on him. Because Jesus actually provided himself. You know, if you fast forward in John chapter 6, Jesus is trying to explain to this crowd that just followed him across the lake. He's trying to explain to them, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're all like, what? What are you saying? And they all, like many of them, walk away. And it, Jesus looks to his disciples and said, What about you? Will you walk away too? And Peter says, Where could we go? You alone have the words of life. You see, you fast forward the story in John's gospel, and Jesus was actually referring to his body being broken and his blood being shed on the cross. That through his body being broken and his blood being shed, We can all receive forgiveness. We can all receive healing. We can all receive restoration. At the time, people were like, this is crazy. He wants us to eat his flesh and drink his blood? No, he wants us to receive what he did on the cross on our behalf because he's provided everything for us. The Bible says that, that we have all things that we need for living a godly life. Everything you need to live a life of following Jesus, you have it through knowing Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. That we have all things that pertain to life and godliness through our knowledge of him, who has called us by his own glory and virtue. And he's given us these great and precious promises that that we can partake of his divine nature, that Christ can actually live inside of us, and we can escape the corruption that's in this world caused by evil desires. That's what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches us that God will provide all of our needs, according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. How many of you in this room tonight, you have needs in your soul? You have needs in your mind. You have needs in your emotion. You come in tonight totally depleted. The gas tank is empty, and you need to be filled in your soul. Well, I've got fantastic news. Jesus actually promises to meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. He will provide, but you have to trust him and not the things that we're all trusting to try to fill up our soul. So what are you trusting tonight? What's your go-to thing to try to fill up? Maybe like you're at that time, you're like, I just need some me time. Right, you feel empty, so you're like, you binge watch like 15 episodes of Netflix. I'm gonna tell you like, that's not gonna fill your soul up. That's gonna make your soul more empty after it's over. What we need to do when we're depleted is actually come to Jesus. And he promises to meet our needs because Jesus provides. Not only does Jesus provide, but Jesus also sustains. I love the fact that Jesus gives us this strength in our inner being. You know, sometimes it's really hard to be a follower of Jesus in a world that doesn't. But God has this ability to provide us with resources inside of us to actually give us the ability to actually follow christ no matter what the circumstances we're in like in the same way that we eat bread to kind of face the day jesus actually gives us the energy and strength to actually give us what we need to be who we're called to be god actually not only does he provide but he actually sustains us he gives us strength on the inside i don't know how many times people have said i can't do this anymore I quit. I'm like, so done. And yet, you're here tonight. Why? Because God's actually sustained you. He's given you the strength to press forward. And the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. How many of you feel like in this room that your soul doesn't have the resources it needs to do what you're being called to do? How many of you in this room tonight feel like, I don't have the resources, the strength inside to be the dad I need to be, or the The wife I need to be, or the the, the student I need to be, the worker that I need to be, I just feel like totally depleted. And I need strength. I need energy on the inside. Well, like this is real stuff. Like I'm being straight up. Jesus literally wants to give you resources in your soul so you can be who God has called you to be. But you've got to plug into him. You've got to unplug from some stuff and start plugging into him. Like when was the last time you binged Jesus? What would happen if you did? What would happen if you downloaded the Bible app and you started binging Bible study plans and you read the scriptures as much as you possibly could and you turned the worship music on 24 seven and you started praying all the time? What would happen to your soul? I know what happened. You start getting filled. You start getting strength. You start feeling power on the inside. You start feeling peace and joy and contentment and all the things that Jesus gives. And not only that, you'd feel full. Because the bread that Jesus gives, which is himself, it satisfies. Because Jesus is enough. You see, we live in a world where we want more, 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 and more. There's nothing that's ever enough we're just constantly buying and constantly consuming and constantly want more 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 more. and i'm so guilty of this but when we come to jesus he gives us this feeling of full like in relationships we always want more or things like binge watching or things like pornography it's like it never satisfies when we come to jesus he actually makes us full he fills us on the inside But it's kind of like the Costco samples you get. You actually have to try it. You actually have to take it and eat it. You know, I wish so bad I could somehow like just get you to go directly to Jesus and you would sense like his love for you and you would sense this inner resource, his strength that Christ wants to give you to be who you're called to be and that you'd feel this feeling in your soul of health and wholeness, and fullness, and all the things that Jesus actually brings into our lives. But I can't do that. You actually have to take it and receive it. I'm going to invite the worship team to come at this time. Jesus provides. He's provided himself. He offered his life on the cross. His body was broken, and his blood was shed. And he actually wants us to eat his bread and drink his blood. That sounds really weird. But he wants us to consume and internalize. You hear with me? He wants us to internalize what the broken body of Jesus and what the shed blood of Jesus actually means for our souls. Because when you internalize the broken body of Jesus and when you internalize the shed blood of Jesus, you quickly realize Jesus' body was broken so my soul could get healed. And Jesus' blood was shed. So my soul, my mind, and my will, and my emotions that were so muddy in sin, Jesus' blood was shed to wash my soul clean. And when you internalize that right in here, and you realize, and you take that to heart, and you receive Jesus, it's a game changer. And the reason I'm so moved in my heart is because I know that Christ's body was broken for me. And the only reason I'm standing on this stage as someone that has been healed and restored is because his body was broken on my behalf. And the only reason I stand on this stage with a soul that has been cleansed is because his blood was shed for me and his blood washes me clean. But I had to receive him. You can wonder at bread all day. It's not going to fill your appetite. I didn't have any supper yet tonight. So I'm pretty nice starved. But I could wonder at this bread all day, and it's not going to satisfy. It's not even going to strengthen me. I could wonder and wonder and wonder well, I gotta open up this bag, take out a hunk of bread, and eat it. And Jesus offers you the bread of life that every single one of you need. Your soul needs Jesus. You need his strength. You need his energy. You need his power. Your soul is sick. But God has made a way for you to be healed. But you must receive. You can look at this bread all day. You have to make the choice to receive Christ. So maybe you're here tonight and you need prayer. You're tonight, your soul is just so taxed and so weighed down I'm going to invite the prayer people to come at this time please don't hesitate tonight come up for prayer if you're feeling weighted don't just stay in your seat have someone pray for you or maybe you're here tonight and you've never made the decision to accept Jesus into your life and you want to invite Christ to come in maybe you need to pray and say Jesus please forgive me for what I've done I believe you died and you rose again And I need you to satisfy the cravings of my soul. I've been looking in other places to meet my needs, and I come up empty every single time. And I'm here to tell you tonight that when you turn authentically to Jesus, he will satisfy the hunger of your soul. And you'll never be hungry again.